Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're going to see who the Bills take on night number two, most likely, because they don't have a first-round pick. They traded that for Stefan Diggs. Now they have pick number 54 as their first pick in this draft. And here to talk about it with us right now is my man, Emery Hunt from Football Game Plan, who I always I, I introduced you uh, the other the last segment. I said, Emery, you are the guy I remember who was so high on Lamar Jackson two years ago. It wasn't looking great in year one, but he really exploded and made you look good in year two. Yeah, appreciate that, man, and thanks for having me on. A lot of times, it's about seeing it all the way through and and really trusting your process. And remember, we were on this show when the Bills draft. Josh Allen, I told people, like, listen, you can't look at the statistics. You have to look at how well he played inside the red zone. The guy puts points up on the board. It may not look, you know, how you may draw it up or you may, you may want the position to play, but for whatever reason, inside the red zone, he plays his best ball. We've seen that also come to fruition as well. No doubt. Emery Hunt, Football Game Plan, footballgameplan.com, joining me here on the West Her Hotline today to talk NFL draft. All right, so let's start with quarterbacks. We know the Bills aren't in the market for a quarterback, but this is an interesting quarterback draft. Um, you called your shot on on Lamar Jackson a couple years ago. Who are you calling your shot on this year? Is there anybody you really like maybe to rise above the cream of the crop when it's all said and done here? I think Jalen Hurts is not getting a lot of credit for how well he plays the position. You talk about a guy that has gone through two different blue blood programs and has come out on top on both sides in different situations. People forget his freshman season, he led Alabama to a national championship game, and if it wasn't for Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun Watson things with a minute 36 left in the game, he would have won that championship as a freshman because he drove down the field and got them what looked to be the game-winning points until – we saw what happened when Watson went right back down the field and scored. Then he had to get humbled when he wasn't playing his best football, got benched, didn't transfer, stayed, worked on his game, and when they needed him the most in that championship game against Georgia, he was able to answer the call with his arm and then with his legs. And then you fast forward to what he did at Oklahoma, getting there in the summer, learning that offense, and becoming prolific in that system with that program, becoming a Heisman finalist. So we saw this guy – have the highs, have the lows of getting benched, got humbled, got back on top of the mountain. And every coach you speak to that has coached him talk about his ability to be a leader, his his uh, ability to be a student of the game. And we saw him really take his craft seriously and work on his game. And we also know he has that element to make it an 11-on-11 game. So I think he's a lot like Dak Prescott, same arc in his college career where you didn't think Dak was – really going to be that good of a pro quarterback 
but his senior season, you saw him put it all together. I think we're seeing the same things with Jalen Hurts. So I think this is the guy that if you can't get Joe Burrow, you should be gunning for Jalen Hurts over anybody else. All right, so you like Joe Burrow, obviously, number one. But what what concerns you or separates Burrow from Tua? And kind of talk about both of them, what you like, what you don't like, and how teams should kind of pick apart the two when they're deciding between them. And this is the, this is the big part of how I look at quarterbacks. We, it doesn't matter to me how tall you are, how far you can throw, you know, all those immeasurables. What really matters is how well you play situational football. We just talked about Josh Allen in the red zone. When I liked Lamar Jackson, I liked his ability to excel on third downs and really keep the game and the entire playbook open. When you look at Joe Burrow, you look at how well he played situationally, third down offense, backed up offense, inside the red zone, and versus pressure. You go back to everyone wants to talk about this season, but you go back and look at last year against Auburn against UCF in that bowl game when he got knocked silly, came right back and led them to a victory. And when you have that type of mental toughness, that's the type of quarterback you want at the position because we all know if you're playing the quarterback position, you can make throws. That's a given. But it's how well you play in tough situations that really separates you from being the good or the average quarterback. And when you look at a guy like Tua Tagovailoa, to me, he has the physical attributes that you want. The accuracy is A-plus outstanding. But to be quite honest, outside of the one pass in that national championship game his freshman season, we haven't really seen him play well in the biggest of games. And actually, he's played his worst game in the biggest of games on top of the fact that he has had injuries every season. So to me, he's a good player. He reminds me a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo and how he plays. I just worry about how he plays in situational football um, to where I don't feel comfortable taking him as high as people are projecting. I would rather have a guy that's battle-tested, that's, that's been through some adversity, like a Joe Burrow or a Jalen Hurts. Interesting on Burrow. I want to circle back to him for a second. So he, here's what I think, and you tell me if this is something that I shouldn't be as concerned about or if it's if I'm in the ballpark of how I think about these things. So I think that I'd be concerned with the fact that he's been in college for five years and maybe are we have we already seen his ceiling. As good as he is, Emery, right? Like, he might be more of the finished product, though, and I don't know how much better he can get at the NFL level. On top of the fact, by the way, going to Cincinnati, I think, is going to hurt this young man. I just don't think they're the type of organization that I would trust to develop a quarterback and put the resources around him and go all in for winning, but... He's been in college for five years. He's older than some of the current starting quarterbacks in the league. How much better and how much room do I really have to develop and get him even higher than what he is now? Well, you make some great points, but to me, what you're, the points you're making kind of makes it easier for Cincinnati to make that choice because you just talked about having questions about them developing a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So why not get the guy that has the highest floor? Sure. You know, the guy that can step in right away, and that would be Joe Burrow. Plus, he, he, yeah, he's been in college five years, but – he really hasn't played a lot. I look at him in the same scope that I look at Kevin Davidson that played at Princeton. People like his physical skills, but they look at him and say, man, he only started one season. Well, to me, I look at that as having upside because he still has room to grow his game despite not playing a lot. I compare Burrow to Matt Ryan. You know, and to me, Matt Ryan is a, is a guy that, is, yeah, he came in, played a lot of football at Boston College, and you know, he didn't really get any better or worse. He's kind of been the same guy. And I think Burrow, how he is right now, I think that's good enough for Cincinnati, especially considering what they already have on the roster around him. 
And then, and, and two, I totally agree with you about the injuries. What would concern me with him is it's not necessarily even this necessarily this one injury or another. He's just he's had several. He's not the biggest guy, and I think he will get beat up more in the NFL than he did in college. And I, I think long term, as much as Tua Tua could come into this league and be very good in three years, but I wonder what he's going to be in six or seven years from now. Yeah, and it's funny. Imagine if Lamar Jackson had these type of injury concerns that people projected him to have, and you've seen people totally ignore this about Tua. You remember this. Uh, you remember a quarterback like Chris Chandler, who you saw just constantly got banged up every year. You just knew it was going to happen. It wasn't a question of, of uh, how. It was more like when. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy like Tua, it's, it's like, you know, it's not these injuries where you can explain, okay, that's an ACL injury. Okay, that's a separated shoulder. It's odd stuff. Like these ankles, oh, it's going to make his ankles stronger. Okay, but we've seen guys not have to have that surgery, number one. And then the hip, the last time I saw a guy with a hip injury was Bo Jackson. That's how rare it is. And he found a way to get injured uh, in a game against Mississippi State. Well, you just wonder, like, man, what? how how come it always is about an injury with Tua more so than his play? And if you're going to go on the field, I think he tends to, you know, spot through a lot of passes. Yes, he has great accuracy and placement, but everything's flat line fastball. There's no arc. There's no touch, um, and which will yield itself to him having passes batted at the line of scrimmage or not seeing those buzzing underneath defenders, and he's going to throw some interceptions. So he has some on-the-field questions, but, again, yeah, he has the accuracy. You love the touch on uh, the deep ball. But the injuries are what really knock him down a couple pegs. He's my third-rated quarterback in this draft class. Oh, so so you have Burrow one, and who do you have two? Hurts two, and then I have two at three. Jalen Hurts. Okay, so Hurts even above Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, those guys. Absolutely. And, it's again, when you watch, for instance, when you watch Jordan Love, and people will see this as a knock, but I look at it as a, as a comparison Jordan Love reminds me a lot of Deshaun Kaiser. I like Kaiser, the prospect coming out of Notre Dame. I think Kaiser, as the prospect, was a better prospect than Jordan Love. Jordan Love's game now reminds me a lot of Kaiser's rookie season where you saw some potential, but you saw the turnovers, and you saw some head scratchers, but you saw the talent. I think Love is a guy that's best suited to sit for a year, um, to really work on mechanics, and then go out there you know, he has to go to a stable situation, unlike Kaiser did. For Herbert, Herbert reminds me a lot of Paxton Lynch in the fact that every time you watch him play, you just felt that you didn't see enough. You watch another game, and you come away with the same take. Well, I didn't see enough. Let me see something else. Not realizing that's who he is over the course of the game. He's been consistent in being a guy that doesn't have the quote-unquote it factor. Yeah, he has a strong arm and definitely has some athleticism, but you watch him just play the position, and it just doesn't seem fluid or consistent. There's a reason why they hadn't played a lot of big games uh, with him at the quarterback position. I think he falls into a lot of the same uh, things that we saw from Josh Rosen. He came out the gate gangbusters as a freshman because we don't see freshmen play that position really well, but we didn't see him get better. And we just kind of had that image in our minds of, man, remember him as a freshman? But, yeah, he's a senior now. He didn't get better. He's kind of maxed out as a prospect. All right, let's talk about the Bills here. Emery Hunt joining me here on the Western Hotline on WGR. They pick 54th. There has been buzz up here lately about maybe adding a running back. I'm not in love with the idea. I think you get you trade a first-rounder for Stephon Diggs, you need to throw more and get him the ball, and you have Devin Singletary. I don't want another person cutting into that. However, I understand the thought of surrounding Josh Allen with as many weapons as possible. So if Brandon Bean were to go in that direction, 
Look at 54. Who could be still on the board that would fit in that spot? And I love how you frame that because if you're trying to get explosive on offense and when you watch the Bills on offense, you say, okay, they need another threat. They go out and get the threat in Stephon Diggs. You look in the backfield, Singletary's going to get an increased role, but do you trust him as a full-time starter? So you want to pair him with some guy that can be uh, almost like a co-pilot and help give you one good back with two. So with that being the backdrop, I look at a guy like, you know, um, DJ Dallas out of Miami. I think he is what the Bills would need to pair with Devin Singletary. Dallas can catch the football really well at the backfield. He's a former quarterback, so he understands how to run routes and how to get open. He's also a bigger back, so he can handle those tackle-tackle type uh, duties, and he also is very solid in pass pro. But he gives you a good complimentary back where you don't have to feel as though, man, we have to feed him the football. So you need that type of guy to pair with Singletary because you want Singletary touching the ball a lot more. You look at another guy like LaMichael P. Ryan, maybe later in the draft, just like D.J. Dallas. You want those guys later in the draft that will still be there and they'll help you out. If you want a home run hitter, Mammoth's running back, Pete Guerrero, is exactly that. 5'9", 190, sprinter speed, ran track at Mammoth, also played on the football team. This year came up five yards short of rushing for 2,000 yards on the season. I, I was on a broadcast for four of those games this year, and every game when the team needed a big play to be made, he ended up making the play in the run game, running away from people. Never saw him get caught from behind. Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins seem to be the really you know flavor of choice for a lot of Bills fans. Are either of them, do you think they'll both be there at 54? Neither of them, what are the chances? I, I, I struggle to see them there at 54. Plus, with those guys, that would take away carries for Singletary because if we're talking prospect pound for pound, mm-hmm. I would rather have Dobbins over Singletary. I would rather have Taylor over Singletary. But if you like Singletary, you don't want to take away his opportunity to grow as a player. So to me, those guys are great talents. Uh, Dobbins, I like a lot. Taylor reminds me a lot of, of uh, a bigger, faster back that you that you saw back in the 90s and 2000s that, you know, got it, that really used to go in the top 10 of drafts. But those two types of backs, would take away from the growth and development of Singletary. So I wouldn't like those fits, although I like the players. I wouldn't like the fit for Buffalo. We know why the Bills traded their first rounder for Stephon Diggs. Brandon Bean said it. He said, I can't get a guy at 22 that's going to walk on the field and be the impact that Stephon Diggs is in year one, and that's what we want right now. All right, but they still need to add to the wide receiver room because beyond Diggs and Brown and Beasley, we're looking at, is it Robert Foster? Is it Duke Williams? Is it Isaiah McKenzie? A young, good receiver on a rookie contract at 54. Such a good class. Who fits that mold? I look at this and I see, man, they need a bigger guy that, that can play. And I like what the what the uh, the kid out of Liberty brings to the table, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden. It reminds me a lot of Cortland Sutton. He's a bigger receiver but really does a good job in running routes and playing the big game. So he's a big guy that also plays big. So I think you got to start to focus maybe on those, those bona fide X receivers, those guys that could handle one-on-one coverage out there on, the, on their own. T. Higgins would have been the, the ideal pick. Uh, for for Buffalo at 22, I know people were mocking him to the Bills, but if he's there in round two, that could be an option. Um, Golden, I'm, I'm a big fan of. I also like Colin Johnson out of Texas for a big guy at 6'5". He really gets in and out of his breaks really well. So I think you have to focus more on these bigger receivers. Um, Denzel Mims would have been perfect, but I think the way the talk is around him, he may not be there at 54. So those are some of the guys I see as, as really good fits for what Buffalo needs right now in their receiving core, that bigger receiver that can make everyone slide down one, one uh, notch into a more suited role like 
Diggs is your your Z all day. Your slot receiver can re, you know rotate between Beasley and Brown, uh, but you do need a bona fide X out there that can hold it down on one side of the field. And I love Inconu Gandy Golden. I, I'm with you on that. Not only is he fit everything you said, but he there is no there isn't the pressure for him to play right away. Coming from Liberty, there might be more of a learning curve, right? So even though he's super productive coming from that college, you may you know you're feeling more comfortable with him having to be the fourth or fifth wide receiver than the a guy in the top three. Absolutely. You want a, a guy that you can draft, develop, get him acclimated to the system, and allow him to play. And with guys like that, even Austin Mack, a guy that is known uh, as a great route runner, well-coached at Ohio State, you can get him later and allow him to, to really find his way on the field. And you probably want guys that have special teams value that can grow into starting roles. And I think people are also sleeping on Austin Mack. He's another one that hadn't played a lot of ball because of all the depth they had at Ohio State. But when you watch him individually and just grade him off what he did do out there on the field, he's a guy that can hold it down as an X receiver that can come in with not a lot of pressure to play. But by midway through the year, you're finding him making a ton of plays, and he grows into what you want him to be on your roster. All right, the Bills, 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Seems to be pretty set except for maybe one spot, and that might be cornerback opposite Tredavious White. We saw Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson rotate snaps as the year went on last year. They've gone out and signed Josh Norman. They signed E.J. Gaines. They may be searching for that one guy they can rely on. If they go younger here and give an opportunity to a rookie to try and win that starting job or at least take significant snaps, at 54, what are we looking at at cornerback there? You got two options I think would be good fits for uh, Buffalo. I look at Damon Arnett of Ohio State, big fan of his game, and I'm a big fan of Reggie Robinson the second out of Tulsa. He's a taller corner, really uses his hands very well, uh, is not afraid to get out there and press and, and really hold his own, and is also a guy that's capable in the run game. So you're looking at some guys that can mirror and match in Arnett, a guy that can play press but also is a factor in the run game. I think those two guys are, are guys to keep an eye on. If you want someone that's a little bit more uh, athletic or fluid, Parnell Motley out of Oklahoma is a, is another guy that I really am a big fan of. Luke Barku out of San Diego State. Stanley Thomas Oliver out of Florida International actually reminds me of a former teammate of mine, Ike Taylor, and how he plays. He's a long corner, got the uh, the athleticism, former receiver, so he has ball skills and has upside, so he can get in there and play a little bit, but you can groom him to be what you want him to be because, again, still new at playing a position, um, and you still have that upside left in this game. You know, Trayvon Diggs, obviously, is a guy that we've talked a lot about because his brother now is on the Bills. Where do you expect him to go in this draft? You've seen talk about him going anywhere from, you know, the 20s all the way down to the third or fourth round. I think he's more along the lines of a third-round type pick um, because he has a lot of, you know, roughness around the edges. He has to be groomed and developed. You can't get a guy like him because, again, he's another one that came in as a receiver at Alabama and didn't really get the reps to play a lot at corner. So you still have some questions about throwing him out there against NFL receivers down and down out. So you don't want to take a guy like that high. You want to take him maybe later in the second round, third round, and therefore you can bring him in and groom him and bring him along slowly. Do you like Bryce Hall, Virginia? I do. And I, I see a pathway for Bryce Hall to maybe even be a safety down the line mm-hmm. too. Uh, similar to like Lamar Jackson of Nebraska. Those guys are physical guys. They're, they're heady guys. They're aggressive. Um, and they may be a little bit too aggressive for their own take at the NFL level, but – uh, I think both guys can play that press side 
of the field, but also have a, a, a pathway to play safety down the line as well. All right, and before I let you go, good stuff. By the way, I ask you about Bryce Hall because there's a lot of local, uh, a lot of locals who like him, like media wise, like me. I like him. So do some other the uh, local analysts here. That's why I asked you. But let me ask you this before I let you go. Give me of all the draft, any position you you want to go anywhere on the board here. The player you think isn't getting enough love that needs to get more, and the player that's getting too much love that people need to slow down a little bit on. The player that's getting not a lot of love, I think, is um, Menashe Bailey, the wide receiver for for Morgan State. Athletic, out the yin-yang, upside, plays on all special teams, block punts and kicks, and also is a great returner. Came to Morgan State as a linebacker. Turned over to the receiver position, became the best receiver on the team, and had tore up Army, tore up James Madison, and was one of the premier players at the FCS level, and also was the MVP down at the Tropical Bowl this past January against FBS opponents. The guy that's getting talked about maybe too much is Justin Herbert, because everyone is acknowledging the fact that he, he has flaws in his game, but they constantly talk about him being high in the draft. Well, if that's the case, your words are not matching your actions. If you understand that that's the guy that doesn't have what you want at the position, you have some some questions, then why are you talking about him high in the draft? Are you are you basing it more off your analysis or trying to guess where he's going to go? Because those are two separate things. Always good to catch up to you. I hope the family, everybody's good, safe, and, you know, this whole situation stinks, and I hope to see it at an NFL game like we seem to run into each other every year. Absolutely. Same to you and yours and everyone out there that's listening, man. Stay inside, stay social distancing so we can get back on to the football field immediately. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.